Let us pray together. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is righteous and gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, and he has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord watches over all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Heavenly Father, as we're here today, as you have gathered here another Sunday, a new day that you have given us, I pray, God, that we will not take this day for granted, but with hearts of humility, Lord, we open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word, to hear from you, O God. Cast aside every distraction. And Lord, we lay down all of our worries and all of our anxieties and all of our concerns and all of our crowns, and we lay them at your feet, Jesus. And I pray now as you transition to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts who will be listening here today. Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. We thank you, we love you. Pray all these things in your precious son. Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen and amen.
So this video that we just watched is a small prelude for our Bible study on Wednesday. As you know, this Wednesday is the kickoff of Lent, which starts with Ash Wednesday for 2022. Let's just get our hearts ready and prepare for this Lent season. Amen? Let's begin with today's message. The title of today's message is called His Abundant Mercy. His Abundant Mercy. Just like Psalm 145 that I read in the beginning, as it talks about the creation of God, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. And as our hearts are drawn to the beauty of God's creation, tangible things that we can touch and see, just like as we're drawn to sunrises and sunsets, and some of the beautiful sunrises and sunsets I've seen was at the Sea of Galilee, seeing the beauty of God's creation, Many of us, we've traveled, we've been overseas, we've been on missions. I remember one time in Chile, looking up at the stars, stars so bright that I could literally touch them with my hands. So Psalm 145 speaks about, the, as a psalmist is talking about the creation of God's beauty. Just like the first song that we just sang. All creation worship the Lord. What were the words? It says, Here's a stream that wipes out all our griefs. All our tears will soon be forgotten. And then the chorus says, let the flowers and the clouds, let the winds and the deepest seas sing praise to the Lord, praise to the Lord, praise the Lord. Let our voices light the skies. Oh, my soul, let your praises fly. Lord of grace, Lord of grace, Lord of grace. And as our hearts are drawn to the beauty and the tangible things of God's creation, and as we worship God for who he is, for all his wonderful works, today, I want to talk to you about something more subtle and something more beautiful. And I want to talk to you about his abundant mercy. And what we'll see today from Peter the writer, he's here, he's talking about the exaltation of God's mercy. He's talking about the priceless mercy of God. He's talking about the hope and the inheritance that we have in God. He's talking about the salvation and the mercy that we receive from God. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, Peter, he says this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not talking about his creation, the beautiful, tangible things that we can see and touch. But he's talking about in his great mercy. Can we turn to our neighbor and say great mercy? He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4 says, And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The scripture tells us that everything that we touch, every relationship that we have, everything that we know, it will eventually disappear. But his word will remain forever. And also it's the inheritance of God that can never perish, spoil, or faith. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time.
time. Let's kick off with our first point. Our first point is this, great mercy. As it says in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A lot of times at churches, they speak about grace. And we talk about grace all the time. But many times we overlook the word mercy. And what is the word mercy? Mercy means compassion. It means forgiveness shown to someone or to somebody whom it is one's power when they have the power to punish or to harm. But instead, they show mercy and forgiveness to that individual. It means forbearance, compassion that forbears, punishing even when justice demands it. So Peter here is saying in verse 3, he's saying, thank you, Father God. He's saying in 1 Peter 1, verse 3, he says, thank you, God, for Jesus Christ. All that we have in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, we have mercy. It says, in his great mercy. So we understand from this passage that mercy is the heart of God. And it's the motivation behind everything that God gives to you, God gives to us in this one life, one chance that we have. Mercy allows us as humans to have hearts of compassion for someone who is in need of help. Mercy gives us the heart to forgive and to cancel debts because mercy stands from the heart of God. When God sees us, he sees us with heart of mercy. We've been to orphanages in the past during our mission trips. And when we visited these orphanages, we see a child and we hear testimonies about children. He or she, when they grow up, as they get older, they will face hardship. Harder things compared to a child who grows up in a home with both parents. We know that they will face discrimination. And if entered into the system, he or she may get bullied and mistreated. And when children, whether or not properly protected and educated, they will have a future without much potential and without much hope. That child may grow up living a life of darkness, of loneliness, and most times will become an outcast maybe to a community. But mercy helps us to see the reality of the child Mercy allows us to see that child with compassion and love. Mercy will offer love and hope for that individual, for that child, rather than hating on that child and mistreating that child. Mercy for that child is like the movie Blindside. A true story about a young boy brought into a home, become an NFL player, because our families had mercy and saw that child with eyes of love, rather than seeing the dark future for that child, has mercy for that child, will step into that life of that child, and instead of hating and mistreating that orphan child, mercy allows us to see the child with love and with compassion. 
Mercy will allow us to step into that child's life, invest into that child's life. We'll bathe the child, we'll clothe the child, we'll feed the child, we'll educate the child, we'll love the child because they know that that child, if left alone in the system, will get eaten up and will be destroyed. Left alone will be filled with condemnation and abuse. Like us, as human beings, left alone, without Christ, without God seeing us with his abundant mercy, we have no living hope. We have no life. And the consequences of sin is death, not just shame in this life, but damnation for all of eternity. However, we understand that God came down to us, took us in his loving arms. Christ, he bathed us. He fed us, he clothed us, and he made us into a new creation. We are no longer orphans out lost into the streets in this dark, dark world. But through adoption, through sonship, it says in Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. We are no longer orphans out in the street, but we become sons and daughters of God. This, my friends, is a picture of his abundant mercy to us. His mercy is this, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. We are God's children. God took us from the streets into his loving arms, into his home, into his royal lineage forever. So Peter here, starting off with verse 3, he is overjoyed. He is thrilled. He is delighted. He's elated. He's ecstatic that he cannot help but to praise God, not just for his creation of his beauty, but of something more subtle and something more beautiful. That is everlasting, inheritance that cannot spoil, fade, or be destroyed in this life. It's his great mercy. He cannot help but to praise God for his lavish mercy that he has bestowed upon us. So again, point number one, great mercy. Point number two, living hope. Living hope. Verse 3 Let's just read it one more time. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God, he gave us a new birth into a living hope. Hope is alive. Through Jesus Christ, we are able to live today. We are able to, no matter how hard your life is right now, no matter how difficult last night was, or how difficult this week was, or where you are emotionally and physically, no matter where you are spiritually, we know that we have living hope because hope is alive and it's found in Jesus Christ. It's not just for today. It was not just for yesterday, but it will continue on forever and ever, not only until we take our final breath, but even after we take our final breath, we have living hope in the inheritance that cannot spoil or fade and is found in Jesus Christ. And Peter is saying, God gave us a new birth, a new life 
into a living hope. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. There's a story of an individual who visited an orphanage in Uganda. This person saw 100 cribs and all filled with babies. In her testimony, she says it was silent, no noise. Usually babies equals crying and shouts and looking for attention because they need, that's their way of communicating. Imagine 100 babies. The visitor asked the director with the question, why so quiet? And this is how the director responded. Well, after about a week of them being here and crying out for countless hours, they eventually stop when they realize no one is coming for them. They stop crying when they realize no one is coming for them. Not in 10 minutes, not in four hours, and maybe perhaps not ever. And in her testimony, she said, when she heard this, I broke. I literally could have picked up pieces of my heart and scattered about the auditorium floor. But instead, it stirred in me a longing, a hunger, a promise in my spirit. We came home, and that night, as Luella, her daughter, rested her tiny little 10-pound body against mine, and we rocked, I made a promise to her, a promise that I would always come to her, always. At 2 a.m., when pitiful, desperate squeals come through a baby monitor, I will come to her. Her first hurt, her first heartbreak, we will come to her. We will be there to hold her, to let her feel, to make decisions on our own. And we'll be there. We will show her through our tears and frustrations at times that it is okay to cry and it's okay to feel that we will always be a safe place and we will always come to her. So when I say living hope as Christians, we will always have a living hope. For C.S. Lewis says, hope is our theological, one of our theological virtues. And because Christ dwells within us, because he lives in us, and because he walks with us, and because he stays next to us, just like the picture, like the mother to the child, we are able, so point letter A, to endure. We're able to endure. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And as Christians, we're able to endure everything and anything because of the living hope that we have in Christ. Amen? How? The question is how? Through the living hope, again, that we have in Jesus Christ. So Peter, again, he says in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead for he walks with us for he protects us and for he strengthens us john 10 verse that we're also familiar with jesus says i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the higher hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep so when he sees the wolf coming he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a higher hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep, they know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Isaiah 40, verse 11, is a picture of a parent protecting the child. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young to endure. In Christ, we're able to endure in our suffering and in our life. Amen? Let it be to be restored. To be restored. Luke 15, verse 20 says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. It's the story, the famous story of the prodigal son, where he got up, took action. While he was still a long way off, the father sees and filled with compassion, runs to him, throwing his arms around him and kissing him. So through Jesus Christ, our hopelessness becomes our living hope, and we are restored. Amen? Let us see. To be transformed. Transformation is important. The core of salvation is not instant behavior modification. The core of transformation is the heart. That's why we are transformed and changed inside out. The core of salvation is salvation from death, from sin to life, for he saved us from our sins, that we are no longer slaves to sin. So through salvation, as our hearts change completely, our lives in process will change completely. Through salvation in Jesus Christ, not only do I have living hope every single day, but I am transformed and sanctified every single day. The heart equals life. Is your heart, your life. So when your heart changes, everything changes. Our lives, it changes. It cannot help but to change. Everything changes. And hope is restored. And we are doomed when left by ourselves. On our own, we cannot change. We may change ourselves temporarily through discipline. We may try to change ourselves, but we're not capable of changing ourselves. Only God can change us and transform us. Only when God touches our hearts, he can transform the condition of our hearts and give us a new heart, which leads to a new life in Christ. Jeremiah 13 and Jeremiah 17, starting with 13, verse 23, says, Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard its spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. I remember when I was young, I was very dark, really, really dark. 
when we would take photos and this, this one really funny photo of me standing under a shadow, literally all you can see are my eyes. It's like a joke that my friends and I, we always joked about and as I got older, I got a little bit lighter. I'm talking about a change, a transformation of the heart. We cannot change ourselves. There's no way that we are capable, we are not capable of transforming our hearts. Why? Because Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You cannot save yourself or transform yourself. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can and will. Just like we cannot change our skin, we cannot change ourselves from our fallen nature. Only God can. Through the gospel, our lives are transformed. And when our lives are transformed, this is what the gospel does. In the past, we used to love the things of this world. But when the gospel comes into our lives, we get a new set of eyes, new lens. And we see things from the spiritual perspective with spiritual reality. Just like Chronicles of Narnia, they see a whole new world behind that wardrobe. The spiritual life. And we are able to see things, notice things that we used to not notice. I gave this example where with my car, FJ, nobody knew what that car was. But once they saw that car and once I started driving that car, I would notice an FJ from far away, miles away. I would know. I would know the sound of the engine. And even you guys, you say, oh, I thought that was you because I saw the car. And it's a completely different color. It's like that shows how, how much you guys pay attention. It's like a yellow one. They're like, oh, yeah, I, think, I thought that was you. But we are able to see things differently because we are transformed. Before Christ, I saw everything in the wrong way. We thought the temporary things of this world, the things of this world, it was so beautiful and so precious. We see the sunrise and the sunset. We think this is it. This is the best that this life can offer. To be able to travel, to eat good food, the temporary things that are fading. But everything will eventually turn to dust. As Next week is Ash Wednesday. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust for everything will disappear in this life. Everything that we have known will disappear. But we are able to see our life in the perspective of eternity. We start living our lives in the perspective and in the sight of eternity. And when we do that, it changes the way we spend, how we save, what we work for, and everything changes as the gospel enters our hearts. So Peter is celebrating this. I used to live in darkness. I used to think that true treasure was to get that dream job, to be in that relationship, to be in that dream relationship. But after Christ, we realize that the true treasure in this life has been transformed by the gospel and having living hope. Because Christ lives, I too will live. Death and sin no longer has mastery over us or power over us anymore. So again, A, to endure. B, to be restored. C, to be transformed. And lastly, letter D, to rejoice. To rejoice. We are able to 
rejoice. Why? Because the reality that God transformed us and is transforming us and will continue to transform us, it should trigger a praise of joy, a joyful praise that he alone is deserving of my praise. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, last point here, point number three, imperishable inheritance. Imperishable inheritance. Let's end with verse four and verse five. First Peter one, and it says, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This inheritance is imperishable, will never perish. This inheritance is undefiled in all the translation it says. In all the translation it says, inheritance that is incorruptible. Inheritance that is unfatable, inheritance that is priceless. And it says an inheritance that is kept and reserved in heaven for you. A lot of people buy luxury stuff, expensive watches and things, and they keep it in a bank in a vault, thinking that it will last forever, thinking that that's what will keep it safe. But us, we have something greater. And we should be able to see it with a new set of eyes, new set of lenses. That this inheritance is kept in heaven for us. This inheritance is imperishable. It can never be taken away. It is unfading, undefiled, pure, holy, and it will last forever. And I'm ending with this. Inheritance is gaining something because you simply belong. And we belong to God's family, to the family of Christ. When we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, we receive this beautiful inheritance. Again, inheritance is something that we gain because we simply belong. Inheritance is gaining something you did not work for. And inheritance is something that you did not earn. Inheritance usually comes from the death of the owner. So when Jesus died, we became his inheritors. We became his heirs. Hebrews 9.15 says this. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. It's a promise of eternal inheritance that is found in Jesus Christ. So going back to our main scripture here today, 
as Peter declared. May this become our hope and our prayer this morning on this new beautiful day that God has given us. Let us focus on the promise of God that cannot be taken away, the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. As Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. And amen. Can we take a moment right now to meditate on the goodness of God? Just like the psalmist said in Psalm 145, I praise you for you are wonderful. And let us remember the old life that we were saved from, the old life that we left behind, which was once full of guilt, shame, pride, self-centeredness, and a downward path, a spiral of darkness and loneliness. And let us remember today of how God had, number one, had mercy upon your life. He has given you great mercy and how he has given you a living hope. And number three, that he has given you inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Let's take a moment right now to thank the Lord and to praise him. Let us pray together. focus and my effort on the things that are fleeting. Well, I thank you, God, that you have given me a new heart, a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. Thank you for the amazing mercy, the great mercy that you have given upon our lives. That you don't see us with anger, 
and with frustration. But God, when you see us, God, you see us with hearts of mercy, a heart of compassion and love. Thank you, God, for saving me, that I'm no longer an orphan out in the streets. Although in Christ, I have found a family. I have a Father who loves me, who cares for me, and who gave his all for me. God, as it says in John, God, you are the good shepherd. You are my teacher. You are my leader. You are my father. God, you are my all in all. Lord, you have rescued us. You have rescued me. God, even when our parents abandon us, even when we grow up without our mom or dad, that God, that you are the one who takes care of us, who loves us. transforms us and who restores us oh God therefore how can we not help but to rejoice and to be joyful today forgive us God for getting lost in our emotions getting lost in the lies with the whispers of the enemy that God that we are left alone in this world but Lord you love us and you care for us and you have given us living hope living hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come and have your way with us. Transform us. As we continue praying, I would like to invite the praise team to come up. And as we get ready to sing this song together, you change my side. Let it not just be words that we sing, lyrics that we're reading and singing on the screen, but let it be our prayer and our worship to our living God. Let us worship Him in spirit and in truth and worship the Lord together. So the Lord has changed my son.
can we just replace the word grace to the word mercy and let us just worship him in spirit and in truth exhausting life has deprived me from his mercy Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So Heavenly Father, we recommit our hearts and our lives back to you. And God, we choose today to give you our all and our everything. Thank you for this transformed life. Thank you for the restoration that is found in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that I am no longer lost as an orphan this dark, dark world. But Lord, I am found. I have been found in Christ. And God, that you welcomed us into your loving arms and you have called us your children, your child as your sons and daughters. Thank you for the living hope that we have found in Christ. Thank you for the great mercy that we have in Christ. Thank you for the inheritance that will never face, spoiled, be destroyed in this life inheritance that is found in heaven that is kept in heaven for us we thank you we love you pray all these things in your precious son jesus christ let me pray and god's people pray amen and amen